welcome back to episode 101 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, podcast dedicated to all things Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another game week preview going over waiver options, hidden gems and some general Premier League chat ahead of game week 14. Hopefully you all have better game weeks than I did last week. A game week in which I benched uh, 11 point Henderson for Saar who got nul point. And I also waved out Bailey for Hoiberg which was another pretty bad point swing as well. The weekend kicked off with some good fun at the City ground. Forest beating Liverpool 1-0. Everton won well at home to Palace. And later on Saturday United and Chelsea played out at a pretty tight 1-1 draw. Villa showed the ghost of Stevie G, a big middle finger, with a convincing 4-0 win over Brentford. Fulham won impressively away at Leeds, and Ted Lasso is now high on the list for next manager to get the sack. Leicester also turned up with a big 4-0 win away at Wolves, and Newcastle got a statement win away at Spurs. I'm recording this episode on Thursday the 27th of October, so any team news, injuries, or press conference info are up to date as of then. And of course, subject to change, we've seen the full round of Champions League games already this week. But tonight, we obviously have the rest of the European competitions. So still some chances of injuries ahead of the weekend and ahead of tomorrow's wave deadline. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Alex Iwobi, Andreas Pereira and Miggy Almiron again. So let's get into it. Let's start with Waiver Watch. So the most transferred in players last game week were Eze, Almiron, Gomez, Edouard and Ben Mee. And the players making way were McAllister, Pascal Gross, Ronaldo, Paqueta and Veltman. Uh, and outside that list, there were quite a few other Brighton players as well getting the boot. Looking at the fixtures, pretty similar vibe to the last round of games. Lots of close matchups. Um, City away to Leicester. Liverpool at home to Leeds and Arsenal at home to Forest are probably the standout mismatches. Spurs away to Bournemouth may have been something to consider a few weeks ago, but Tottenham are in a bit of a low moment at the moment. Brentford Wolves, Palace Southampton and Fulham Everton could all go either way, so plenty of opportunities there from the waiver pile. Brighton Chelsea is a spicy one with Potter returning to the club. They've got him where he is today um, and should be a set of very interesting one to watch. Onto the main picks, and the three names at the top of my list are um, all Man United defenders. Uh, Martinez, Dallot and Shaw. Shaw's the highest owned out of the lot on in 18 leagues on 31%. Dallot 29 and Martinez on 15%. There is, of course, going to be a fourth defender in that mix, who I will mention a bit later on. United are at home to West Ham this weekend. They're then away to Villa, away to Fulham, home to Forest. We're now after the World Cup, away to Wolves and home to Bournemouth. Um, heading into January. So a very nice run of fixtures from uh, from all aspects of the United team. Good for clean sheets, good for wins, good for goals. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys will be high on the wavered in list for the next episode. If I had to choose one, um, as I've already mentioned in earlier pods this season, I would go with Diogo Dalot. He seems to be the one um, reliably getting in the more advanced positions and has less competition for his starting spot than Luke Shaw does. Um, the other thing to bear in mind is that Dalot is more likely to get a yellow card than Luke Shaw. And actually, if you look at pure attacking returns for the season, both um, just have the one assist. Shaw's coming from far less minutes and also coming in the last match. So would probably be technically the more inform of the two 
Martinez clearly just there if you're looking for clean sheet points but worth picking up. Next is another defender and one I was quite surprised at actually. He's only owned in 39% of eight-team leagues and that's Ben White for Arsenal. He has played every game for Arsenal. He's got over the 60-minute mark in every game in the league for Arsenal so far this season, which has seen them pick up five clean sheets already. He himself has got two assists. Um, obviously very versatile. He's been more um, more often used at right-back uh, for the last couple of months, but could obviously come in at centre-back if need be. Worth noting that Saliba is on four yellow cards, so he's one away from a suspension. And I expect White to fill in as and when that comes around. Arsenal are at home to Forest this weekend, which is a very nice fixture on paper. They do go away to Stamford Bridge next week, and then have Wolves away, West Ham at home after the World Cup, Brighton away, Newcastle at home, all going into January. So again, quite a nice set of fixtures from a defensive point of view, as well as an attacking point of view. But in terms of who you're actually going to be able to find in the waiver pile, you're more likely going to find a defender than one of their attackers. Let's look at some attackers now, moving into midfield. And one of the surprise packages of the season is Andreas Pereira for Fulham. Two assists in that last uh, win away to Leeds, in which they won 3-2. And his biggest haul of the season, picking up 10 points from those two assists, gives him one goal and five assists on the season so far. His ownership is only 16% in eight-team leagues. It is a lot higher in the larger leagues, but... um, if you're in an eight-team league, if we consider that 40 midfielders should be picked up at any one time, um, I think you'd be hard-pushed to make a case against Andreas Pereira being in somebody's team. Now, before the World Cup, Fulham don't have the easiest run. They've got a very nice fixture this weekend at home to Everton, but then face both uh, Manchester clubs in November, City away, United at home. Um, but if you are able to park him on the bench for those two teams or even have him like first, first on the bench to come on if need be, the run after the World Cup is very nice. They've got Palace away. Southampton at home, Leicester away, Newcastle away going into January. So I still wouldn't be put off by those two Manchester games. And if he had to come on off the bench, given what his form's been like at the moment, it's not the end of the world. Another player to touch on is uh, Philip Coutinho for Aston Villa. Now, you might not be surprised to hear that uh, Coutinho has zero attacking returns in the league so far this season. Um, despite playing over 500 minutes, um, he's obviously not starting games regularly. And uh, it hasn't started a game since game week 10 now. But I feel with Emery coming in, this could only be a good thing for Coutinho. And with a new manager coming in, it's going to be hard for them not to look at his superstar name on the squad sheet and try and work out a way to get him integrated into the starting eleven. The danger, of course, is that Watkins and, and Ings are playing well. Bailey um, showed a massive surge in form last game. Buendia's looked a lot more lively than Coutinho has this season. And depending on the formation, there might just not be room for him. I think if I was in a larger league of, say, uh, 11 or 12 or more, just based on the form that we saw Coutinho have at the end of last season when he came in in January, I might be inclined to pick him up, even if it's just to park him on the bench and see it as an investment for the future. The only struggle that uh, Emery will have with Villa moving forwards is they have a really nasty run of fixtures that goes up until and after the World Cup. They're away at uh, St. James's Park this weekend, then have Man United away to Brighton, home to Liverpool and then away to Spurs in January. So it's going to be hard for them to pick up points. But it's for exactly that reason that a new manager may want Coutinho in who can sprinkle a bit of stardust into any game and pull a goal out of the hat when they need one. But again, just to reiterate, this is not a heavy advocation to pick him up this week. More just uh, a name to mention. And if you fancy him, then uh, then pick him up. Finally is uh, Miggy Almiron, who I mentioned 
last week um, and, you know, got it off my chest that he is starting to change my mind. Well, consider my mind changed. He is continuing to impress. It's his second, um, was his third double point haul in FPL this season. He got a 15 pointer in game week nine, 10 points in game week 12, 10 points in game week 13. He's now the fifth highest scoring player in FPL is only behind Erling Haaland in the form table. In eight team leagues, Amaron's ownership is still just 34%. I think a lot of that, as I mentioned before, will just be a reflection on a lot of leagues that go stagnant and stale um, without any moves. But if you are in an active league and Amaron is available, he has to be in your team. And if he's there, he has to be everyone's first waiver choice this week. His his hauls have come both at home and also away from home. Obviously, the 10-pointer last week away at Spurs. And uh, he also got that 15-pointer away at Fulham. Newcastle's fixtures uh, before the World Cup are not bad at all. They're, they've got Villa at home, Southampton away, and then Chelsea at home just before the World Cup. And then on the way back, they've got Leicester, Leeds. Uh, a tricky game away to Arsenal. But then Fulham. Palace, West Ham and Bournemouth right through into February. And given how well Newcastle are playing, uh, Almiron may not be the only one that you want to invest some of your draft squad into. One other thing to note on Almiron is that despite his position and role in the team, he's yet to get an assist for Newcastle this season. He's got six goals, which puts him only behind the front running pack of of strikers in Haaland, Kane, Mitrovic and Tony. Um, but I'm sure he will get some more assists, particularly if Wilson can stay fit and stay in the team. Um, so that avenue for points could also come sooner rather than later as well. The underlying stats he's got, though, do support the, uh, the relative output he has already. And his expected assists on the season so far is only 0.6. If we look at his history in the Premier League, he's been in there a few years now. His uh, most productive season to date was in 2019-2020, where he got four goals and two assists from just over 3,000 minutes. He's played just over 1,000 so far for the six goals, so is well on track for his most productive season yet. And I would assume he's possibly on track to be uh, the highest, if not one of the highest scoring players who generally went undrafted on draft day. On to some hidden gems. Um... Similar vein to Ben White, Tomiyasu is on there. He seems to be preferred over the last couple of games at left-back while Zinchenko's out and uh, Tierney is not really fancied. As I mentioned before, if Saliba does pick up that fifth yellow, White would come into the centre-back spot and uh, Tomiyasu would also get a game at right-back. So I think he's probably safe in the squad, safe in the starting eleven for a couple more weeks. So if you do want a part of that um, Arsenal clean sheet, he is a good way in. And as I said, He's in hidden gem territory. So these are guys owned in less than 10% of eight-team leagues. In midfield, uh, I wanted to mention uh, Leon Bailey for Aston Villa, who, as I mentioned, I sadly wavered out last week ahead of his big haul. Um, I would expect him to get used by uh, by Emery as he is a massive talent. And similar to a couple of the other guys, they just need to work out a system that suits him and allows him to do the things that he needs to do. Um, Dewsbury Hall is another one to have a look at. Um, and Alex Awobi is also still incredibly on the hidden gem list at less than 10% ownership for uh, for Everton. He's now got six attacking returns on the year, uh, one goal and five assists in that central midfield role, two assists in the last game in their 3-0 win against Palace. Everton moving forward have a very nice run of fixtures. Um, Fulham away, Leicester at home and Bournemouth away all before the World Cup. So even if you're only looking that far ahead, 
he would definitely be one to pick up if he's available. And you could say the same for a couple of their other guys, particularly Gray um, as well, if you fancy them from an attacking point of view. But it's also not the worst time to look at their defenders in Tarkovsky and Keane. Up front, Awanee is still in less than 10% ownership for Nottingham Forest. He obviously got the winner in their last game uh, at home to Liverpool. It's his third goal of the season. He's not really managing to get... Um, any run of form together. His minutes have been patchy, starts, substitute appearances and back and forth again. But I think out of all of their players, to be honest, he's the one looking like um, the most comfortable at this level and looks like he's the most uh, cutthroat and ruthless in front of goal. I think him as the sort of tip of the arrowhead um, in that attack is potentially the one that's going to have the most going for it moving forward. It just um, remains to be seen who the supporting cast is. Definitely prefer Forrest in a 4-3-3. Um, just looks a lot more balanced uh, and they're just a lot more tighter at the back. But they do need to score more goals. Awanee is now their top goal scorer with just three. Um, I still think Brennan Johnson is well worth holding on to uh, playing alongside him. But then they've got obviously the likes of Gibbs White and Lingard to come in on the other side. And so far Lingard's not really showing much. But then neither really is Gibbs White either. So they need to get one of those two in some sort of form. I've uh, been very disappointed from what I've seen from Lingard so far that Gibbs White has had the majority of the minutes since joining in. But Lingard has now started the last two in a row um, and from you know nearly 700 minutes, just the one assist so far in game week two is really not the player that Forrest thought they were getting. But anyway, back to the original point, Awaniyi, um, I would say in an eight-team league, he is going to be on the fringes of whether or not he should be picked up or not. The only downside, of course, with him is his assurance of starting minutes. But if it looks like he is going to become more of a regular in the starting 11, he would definitely fall into, um, you know, worth picking up territory in an eight-team league and would definitely be just inside that top 24. My most hidden gem pick this week, um, it's not often I can do most hidden gem pick picking from one of the so-called big six clubs, um, but it's Victor Lindelof for Man United, Varane injured, so uh, Lindelof will come in to partner Martinez as he did off the bench when Varane picked up that injury. And yeah, he was just the very obvious uh, standout for this selection. So that's it for this week. Uh, apologies for it coming slightly later in the week. The wave deadline is tomorrow, um, Friday morning at 11am ahead of the Saturday lunchtime kickoff between... Leicester and Manchester City. The majority of the games actually are on Saturday this weekend and then the, the remaining two on Sunday. Now at risk of labouring the point too much, a uh, massive thank you to all those for for you know, reaching out and your nice comments on the big uh, episode 100 uh, pod last weekend. Much appreciated for those who haven't listened to it yet. Um, it's not the end of the world. It's not going to set your draft league alight. But if you've been a follower of the pod for a while, um, there could be some stuff in there of interest to you. If you haven't already, then you must head over to draftfc.co.uk, um, which obviously is the uh, website that this podcast supports. Um, for anyone that hasn't signed up yet, there is the option of a seven day free trial that gives you access to all of our dashboards and as I mentioned in the pod last week we are just starting to unveil our new global rank feature so if you want to see how your league compares to all of the other leagues in the world you can actually get a ranking and so if you find yourself top of your respective league and your league is the highest ranked league of that size in the world 
then, you know, for example, for a 10-team league, you would unequivocally be able to claim you are the single best draft fantasy manager for that league size in the world at the moment. And if that is the case, if you are a, a user on Draft FC and your league is very highly ranked and you're top of the league, then do let us know and we will give you a big shout out. So best of luck ahead of your waivers tomorrow and ahead of Game Week 14. Just a few more weeks to go before we get a little break from draft for the World Cup. So keep switched on, keep engaged. Don't forget to do your moves. And as always, stay shook. Stay shook.